0: Sing long enough, they might join in with us. This may be a dance that's too heavy for those chains. But if we dance long enough, well, the prisons will open up. This may be a shout that those fragile lungs can't bear. But if we shout long enough, Walls might finally fall They may need some help to lift their heads up in the air We know that freedom's coming We sing it all the more We sing it Would you send those orphans home? We've been waiting all day long. Oh, Ring the Robe is ready. We can see them coming now. Just like the prodigal. We're going to meet them in the road. Our praise, yes. Mountains get out of our way. Can't you see us dancing? There's no room for you to stay. No, no, no. You on, to the, and the sound of our voice. Them coming now, all the broken and weary. He didn't leave you where he found you. Welcome home, welcome. He didn't leave you where he found.
1: it's been tough for you to get past to get over and it's keeping you from the presence of the lord from pressing in because you've been hurt whatever the hurt is you've been hurt and you need to get rid of it this morning so you can access where god wants to take you in his presence i'm just going to ask you to come real quick and we're going to pray your heart's hurting it's hurting over something you've been through something that's been done to you but right now that's a blockage for where god wants to take you in your presence into his presence If that's you, just respond. Come to the altar right now. We're going to take a moment and pray for that to be released and taken off of you right now in Jesus' name as they continue to sing this. Please don't let anybody pray alone. Be there for your brothers and sisters. Let us
0: experience the glory you
1: him for who he is in your own life can you just take a moment and thank him thank him for what he's done in your life thank him for saving you and thank him for an assurance that our place is found in heaven now with him that no matter what is going on in this world no matter what's coming against us in our own lives spiritually physically financially mentally whatever it is god is in control and god is on our side God, I thank you for that right now. I thank you for what you're already doing in this place, the lives that were rededicated already, God, the, the healing that's taking place in people's body right now, Father. I thank you. I thank you, God. We worship you in this place. Father, we worship you and we praise you and we thank you for who you are, God. Continue, Father, to move in this place because you're not finished. You're not finished, God. I praise you and I thank you right now. In Jesus name we pray and the church says together. Amen. 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 Turn around and say hi to a few people in your area. Love on them a little bit. Amen. 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 I love the presence of the Lord. There's nothing like him and his holy spirit convicting hearts and just loving on us. It's so good to soak in his presence. And when you come into this place, when you come into the presence of the Lord, no matter where you're at, it just feels good. (laughs) It feels good. If you don't press into those moments, it's not God's fault. It's not my fault. It's not your neighbor's fault. It's your fault. (laughs) So press in in those moments and get what God has for you. If nothing else, just soak in his presence. If you don't need a thing, he's just still there to bless you a move in your life and your heart. Oh, good, 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 good. Thank you for allowing the Holy Spirit to move when he wants to move as well, church, and not being in a rush on things. <clears throat> People needed what God had for them in that moment. You no know, young man, Donovan rededicated his life to the Lord this morning, so <clears throat> And I told him, this is, this is family here. We are here to help him on his journey and, and encourage him and walk with him. So, pop in and say hey to him before today is over. Uh, I, t- I mentioned earlier, I wanted to mention a testimony that I, a phone call I got, and I don't remember, Bear, what day you called me, but it was good. And uh, I think it was earlier in the week, wasn't it? Monday or Tuesday, he called. Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday. See, my days run together. He called me, and when you get phone calls from people in church, I'll be honest, What's wrong? And he called me excited and happy, and he had a chance to. He kind of got diverted that day, day. It was the Holy Spirit directing him to go to the Blueford gas station to pick up a drink and a bug juice. Right, that's what you told me for the granddaughter. And uh, he's he's got a, he's had a chance to pour into the cashier, the lady that's working there in that gas station. And what he said to me was, he just started sharing about Jesus. He he said she knows. That I know that she does some things that God wouldn't agree with. He said, but I was just loving on her and and letting Jesus and Holy Spirit lead the conversation and telling her about Jesus. And he said her eyes started tearing up. And he said, Rick, no matter where we're at, in the midst of all the alcohol and things they sell out of there, the Holy Spirit was ministering to her heart. And I thank God. For Bear being obedient. Um, I thank Bear for being obedient to what God was doing there in that situation. He said he went in a couple days later and she had just said, Hey, I was just praying before you walked in here. So I'm praying that the seed that he's planting, he's going to see come to harvest, that he'll be able to lead her to the Lord right there in the gas station. And she'll come to know Jesus as her Savior and that her boyfriend will also come to know the Lord as well because he doesn't believe in all this. But God can... And this Holy Spirit working in Him can make Him a believer. Yeah. And the lives that we live to those around us can be an example to people that are not believers. That God is real, and God's still moving, God's still working, and He's changing people's lives. Yeah. Amen. All right, let's get into this message this morning. Choices. It's actually going to be probably a two or three week series. Choices, choices, choices. And yes, I color co- coordinated my shirt with the backdrop. Somebody told me that a few weeks ago and it just really looked good. So I tried it again today. So where I fail in bringing God's message the way he might want to, my shirt will make up for the background. (laughs) Okay, maybe not. Choices. All right. This morning, again, we're going to start this series where over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at key moments in the life of a man named Moses. And, And why would we be looking at him and why now? Do you guys ever think about how much our life is out of our control? Like, a lot of things happen in life that we have no control over. And for some of us, that drives us crazy, because we're control freaks. Okay? But you had no say-so in when you were born. No choice. Okay? You didn't get to choose your parents. I don't know if that's good or bad. You didn't get to choose your genetic makeup. You didn't get to choose a lot about your appearance. (laughs) I'm just talking about myself and what genetic issues you might have. Um, I got some of my father's features physically that it's just the way they are. (laughs) Receding hairline, no backside. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. I debated on whether even to say that, but, you know, I like to be fun sometimes. All right, you can't control that work how your boss is going to act. Right? Have no control over that. You can't make your spouse love you. Okay? You can't make your kids always behave themselves. I encourage you to try, please. (laughs) But you can't make them always behave. Sometimes you just cross your fingers and say a prayer, Lord, let them behave today. Please. I don't need anything else today. Okay? You can't make your kids apply themselves at school. You can discipline them if they choose not to, but you can't make them do it. Uh, teens, you can't control how much homework the teachers give you, right? They just do it. They don't care what you think. Um, although you can, could and should vote, you can't personally change the hearts of our elected officials. You can't do that. You're not in control of that. You can't control the economy or the wars or disease. You can't choose... When your car is going to break down. If you could just really wait, Mr. Honda CRV, until we get our tax return, that would be wonderful. <laughs> we don't control those things. We don't control when the water heater at home goes out. And all of a sudden we've got to buy a water heater. Can't control those. If you pastor, you can't control whether your church seeks God with all they have or not. I can encourage it. I can't make you do it. Okay. I can't make everybody in the church be kind. I pray we are, but I can't make that happen. Okay? And if you're someone that is prone to being anxious, even as I'm talking about these things, because you like to be in control, then just hearing these things already has your blood pressure going up this morning. I can't believe all the things I can't control because I like to control everything. We sing a song about that. Lord, I give you control. Some of us just don't believe it and don't achieve it, so... We want everything to play out just like we have it planned, but life doesn't always go that way. Okay, we can't always choose the things that happen to us. So then what do we do? Do we just give in and go with the flow or say, I got to be more flexible with my life? I would say this morning that we focus on this one area that we have control over, and that's choosing, making the choice to honor God with our lives no matter what we're saying, no matter what we're doing, no matter how we're acting, that we honor, we choose to honor God with our life. We have control over that. And that's why we're going to look at Moses over the next few weeks. And he often found himself in situations that were beyond his ability to control, yet most of the time he chose to honor God, despite of what was going going on in his life. He chose to honor God, and those choices enabled him to see God work in the most amazing ways, to see miracles happen through his life. And although Moses' life was defined by the choices he made, all those uh, major choices came back to one central choice that he had in his life, that that he chose, as we're talking about choices, he chose to trust the God that he didn't see. We choose, we get the choice every day to trust in a God that we don't get to physically see. But I would argue with some people that you can physically see God in a lot of areas in your life. I see God when you smile at me on Sunday morning. I won't go the other way with that. (laughs) I see God when a baby cries. I see God when I see people loving on each other and talking with each other in the coffee shop. I see God when we're laying in a hospital bed and and seeing God move on my son's life, I see God all over the place. I see him in rainbows. I see him in the sun. I see him in the rain. I see him everywhere. And we choose that. We can choose to trust the God that we can't see and Moses couldn't see. And that that defining choice that Moses had determined the course of the rest of his life, and it will determine ours as well. I trust you. I choose to trust you and honor you in every part of my life. If you can get to that place, God will direct your life the way it's supposed to go. And you'll be okay with it. You'll be okay with the car breaking down. Maybe not okay fleshly, but you'll be like, God's got me. I choose to honor him in this. I choose to honor him in that. And no matter what, I choose to honor him with my life. We're going to look at an overview of some of the choices surrounding Moses this morning in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 27. And as you guys get there on your phones or in your Bibles, um, we're going to safely say that there's only been one Moses in all of history that had the life that he had. He was used in extraordinary ways, and I'm not saying that if you choose to trust God that you can walk up to Ren Lake and just part it and walk through on dry ground, okay? I'm not saying that you're going to have a burning bush moment in your front yard. I'm not saying any of that stuff. But I'm going to say that choosing to trust God daily will redirect the way you look at life and the things you see and do. If I wake up every day and I trust God with my day, with my life, that's going to change how I see things. It's going to change how I do things. It's going to change how I interact with people. Okay? Choosing to live by faith, honoring God, the God that we cannot yet see. You know, some people talk about and argue about salvation, that there's a debate on how much me getting saved was God's responsibility and how much was my choice. And the Bible makes it clear that God is sovereign over salvation. He's the one who draws us to himself just like he drew my brother here this morning, Donovan, to the altar. God drew him there. The Holy Spirit drew him there, right? But then when you get to that point, the choice is still yours. The choice is still mine to respond to what he's doing and calling on your life. We have that choice in then I can reject Christ or I can embrace him. And surrender my life to him. We acknowledge that in all of the events we'll, that we're going to see in Moses' life, and all the events in our lives, God is moving behind the scenes to glorify himself and accomplish what he desires. He's always moving. He's always doing things. Even when you don't see those things, God's moving. He's orchestrating things for you. And we, we are faced with a choice of whether or not we're going to go all in with God and say, and stay where we are. Are we going to stay where we are in this? Or are we going to go all in and I surrender everything? Do I want to just say, this is, this is it, God. This is, this, is what, this is what it is in my life, Or do I want to say, I trust you. And I surrender to you. And no matter what the situation is, I'm going to glorify you in it. I'm going to praise you in it. And we're going to look at this passage. And the kind of the summary of Moses' life. And, and a challenge to us to choose to live a life of faith. That trusting God and the, the God that we don't see. So Hebrews 11, again, 23 through 27 says this. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Amen. We're going to notice in this passage, a few different things in which Moses and those around him chose to live by faith, trusting God even when they couldn't see him. And the first one I want to talk about this week is family. Trusting God with your family. How many of you have a hard time with that? How many of you, right now, I'm trusting God with my family. I'm completely trusting him because I need him to move on people's hearts in my family. There's some on that side of it too. But verse 23, looking back at verse 23, the focus here isn't on Moses' choice, but rather the choice of who? His parents. It was his parents' choice, the choice that they made. And God had moved his people, the nation of Israel, to Egypt 400 years before Moses was born. And when they first got there, they had favor with the Pharaoh, so they were protected and safe. But over the years, as they grew and grew in numbers... That made the Egyptians nervous, and they enslaved the Israelites, hoping that they would help keep them from continuing to grow as a nation. And when that didn't stop, Pharaoh commanded that all the Israelite baby boys be thrown into the Nile River and killed at birth. A command. You are to do this. But Moses' mom and dad were people who loved God and honored him, so when they saw that their baby was a boy, they chose to hide him, Instead of carrying out the king's command, I'm gonna choose this right now to hide him and not kill him. Had they not obeyed this, this way, we wouldn't even be talking about the life of Moses. We wouldn't be able to give this example this morning. He would have never had a chance to grow and become the man of God that would be used to deliver his people from slavery. And this choice for Moses later on in the scripture, was first made by his mom and dad. His family. Their act of obedience. They chose to trust that God who gave them the child was greater than the king who commanded to kill him. I trust God in this right now that we're going to save our boy. We're going to hide him because our God is greater than what he's asking us to do. How many times... In our lives, does God ask us to do something and we don't trust him in it? How many times does God say, do this and, I'll sh- and, I- and just trust in me? I'll be obedient in this. And how many times have we done it and see God come through for us? Amen. You are right, God. Why do I have such a difficult time with that sometimes? They chose to trust that the God who gave them the child was going to take care of him. And he was greater than the king who was wanting to take him away. They were not afraid in that last line, to disobey the king's command. Many of us, talking about family, we aren't choosing to trust God with our families. And some of you may say, Rick, that's mean. Why would you say that? I'd go even as far to say that we may even be trusting our families to be our God. That we put our families above everything else. And family is a great thing, but it does not go above him. And some of us have a tendency to do that at times. How can I tell? Or how can a person tell? Is your hope in the God who can save you and your family through every disaster? Or is your whole life oriented around what you can do to provide for your family and protect your kids? That's not a bad thing but we have to be obedient to him. We have to surrender everything to him, including our family, our family. Do you in faith make decisions about how you will spend your time as a family based off of what God commands? Or are you keeping up with the Joneses and making sure that your kids are in every activity possible so they don't miss out on anything? And it's not bad to be involved in things, but are you obeying God's command with your family in the things of God? How do I define success for my marriage? Is it a certain number of kids? Is it us combined making a certain amount of money? Or certain patterns in my relationship? In God's eyes, successful marriage is that we're both chasing after God. We've come together, we're doing that together now, we're honoring each other. And as we're loving Christ like he loved his church for me and for Sarah, which I'll admit I fail. Maybe I'm the only guy in here that will admit that to his wife, that I fail to honor her the way she needs to be honored at times. It is just me. (laughs) But for God, for my marriage, success is that we're both chasing after God together, that we're seeking him with everything we have for our marriage to be strong, for our family to be strong, and that as we're doing this, we're going out and helping other people as we build God's kingdom. That's success, successful to me. It's not, do I have a big house? Hey, we got two cars and one car payment. That's a, woo, yeah. It's not that kind of stuff. It's, are we chasing after God together? Is He the center of our relationship? And then with that, are we going out and advancing God's kingdom together? That's a successful marriage. It may include having children, it may not. It may be that, you know, like my sister and my brother-in-law, you you open up your house to foster kids, to adopt kids. Maybe that's the way that you go in having kids. If you don't get to have kids, you graciously give your time and your resource and, and love to other people in unique ways. Is it good to want your kids to succeed? Yes. It is. That's a good thing. We want our kids to succeed. We want them to do well. Is it wonderful to keep your kids safe? Yes. You mess with my kids, I'm going to keep them safe. I'm not saying I'm some bad dude, but I know some bad dudes that will help me. (laughs) Amen, brothers. (laughs) It becomes a bad thing, though, when your spouse or your children becomes the ultimate thing in your life instead of God. Okay? How do I define success for my kids? Is it playing a certain sport or making it into a certain college? No. God defines success in raising children as training them up to follow Him, and then we send them out like arrows into the world. Go make a difference for Jesus. So I ask myself as a parent, am I training my kids up to be successful in what God's called them to do? Am I training them up in the ways of the Lord, my family, so I can shoot them out into the world and they go make a big impact for God's kingdom? Am I doing that as a parent? That's successful for my kids. It's successful when I bring them to church and let them grow up. You know, and, I, and I will say it doesn't start here. It starts at your home. We are partners with you in that. We spend a whole lot less time with them than you do. That starts in your home with your family like we're talking about this morning. And then we come alongside you and we help you in that. Amen. Do you act like the well-being of your family is on, all on your shoulders? Or do you do what you can to protect and encourage them all the while understanding that ultimately they belong to God? I'm going to do everything I can to protect you and help you succeed in life, but you belong to him. That's why we have baby blessings. Or, you know, when I grew up, church got God, uh, baby dedications. God gives them to you as a blessing, you give them back to him. Thank you for this blessing. Watch over their life, protect them. I'm going to raise them up the best I can to follow you. Moses' mom and dad were, were willing to make the hard choice to honor God, not to do what the society around them was doing. And because of their choice to live by faith, trusting the God they couldn't see, God used their son to deliver his people from slavery. And as you look at this, if you wonder how much of an impact their decision had on Moses, verse 23 again, okay? Verse 23, what's it say? They were not afraid to disobey the king's command. And if you go down to 27, what does it say about Moses? Moses. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. They taught him obedience to God above all else. And you see that right here within those four scriptures that he did the same thing. That his parents instilled that in him to have fear of God instead of fear of Pharaoh. Fear of God instead of fear of war going on. Fear of God instead of a pandemic. Fear of God above all else. Our life honors him. We choose that. And Moses chose to live by faith, trusting the God he couldn't see with his own life. If our praise team would come back up. Our choices, every single choice we make every single day, shapes our life. And parents, not only shapes your life, it shapes the lives of your children as well. Every choice every single choice we make and as we talked about moses and his family their choices shaped his life their family chose to trust and obey and believe in their god who they could not see are we trusting obeying and believing the same way for our families that we are as a family we will trust god and obey him no matter what no matter what comes our way believe the same way for our families are we leading them well And again, it starts with us individually, then it spreads to our family. And some of you in here right now are saying, my family doesn't know the Lord, but it starts with you leading well. Continue to be that example to them. Even though they're not in the Lord's house right now, even though they may not be saved, continue leading well. Continue to choose to honor God. And I know that's difficult, but continue to do it. And I want to say this about our families. You cannot lead your family, moms, dads, either one, you can't lead your family to a place that you're not in yourself. And I hate to preach hard sometimes. No, I don't, I don't mind it. Because it challenges me, myself. We can't lead our kids to a place that we're not even at in our own life. You know, I can teach Jackson and Brylan how to play basketball. I can teach them how to play baseball. I can scream in the stands for them on things and embarrass them when they're cheering. I do it. I can teach them how to golf. because I, I, can, I can teach them all these things, play drums, because I myself know how to do those things. But sometimes we get confused and our priorities get out of line and we teach them these things that, that make them shine in the world, but we forget to teach them how to obey God and honor Him with their life. And that starts with us. That's great, Johnny, you can hit a curveball, but can you get on your knees in prayer when all the whole world's coming crashing down on you? That's great, you made a three pointer and you won the championship, but are you reaching people for Jesus? That's great that you know, no matter what the pressure was, you just rose up and you did a great job in school and you, and you got good grades and you went off to college, but are you saved? And that's the things above all else that we have to be teaching our kids in our family. I want to teach you everything that you can absorb and learn about God and what his son Jesus did for you. Because the things I can teach you in that will better serve you down the road in life than any curveball you hit or any three-pointer you make. I want to send you out And know that you're living a life for Christ and you're obeying him and you're serving him and you're choosing every day to glorify him and honor him in all you do. That for us as parents is successful. And I'm not saying sports are bad or any of that stuff. I'm just saying this has to be the priority. When they leave your house, you're confident to know my kid is gonna stand up for what's right according to the scriptures my kid is going to make a difference for God's kingdom. Family. Our choices that we're making today lay the foundation for our family and future generations of your family. For my kids' kids and their kids' kids. I lay that foundation now. Some of you are in here, you may be saying, Rick, I don't even have kids or grandkids. But when you signed up to be a part of Orchardville Church, you signed up to encourage everybody that's in here. That includes Modified Youth. They're your kids. That includes OC Kids. They're your kids. We are in this together. This is a church family. This is home for us. And together we're doing our best to train up our kids in the ways they should go. So when they're older, they will not depart from us. They may have days and weeks or years that they stray away, but they always know that they're welcome home. And God loves them. Will you stand this morning? As we open up the altars again this morning, and every second of every service of every day, these altars are open. You don't have to wait on me to give an invitation You can come pray anytime you want to. This morning, as we open these, I just want to just ask you a question as you as you bow your heads. Don't look around at anybody. Just listen to this question. Just for your own personal life right here, right now, are you leading well? Are you leading well? And by that, are you honoring God? Are you choosing? Are you making that choice every single day? God, I honor you with everything I say, everything I do. And if the answer to that this morning is, I'm not leading well, Rick, then I encourage you to come and spend some time with the Lord and let him encourage you. Let him strengthen you. Let him put you back on that right path to leading well in your family leading well at your job leading well in your school this is for everyone lead well choose to lead well as they sing and we worship altars are open salvation rededication healing are just the opportunity for god to pour into you and help you lead well this morning let's worship